0: Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. And I'm going to conclude this, this series. And Pastor Tori did an amazing job last week. And so she did so good um, that I'm a little nervous getting up here today. Um, But I'm going to try, okay? But I'm going to share from uh, the very next chapter from where she was in John 16. um, And talk to you a little bit about what Jesus was talking to his disciples and his followers whenever he was about to go to the cross. And before he did that, he kind of shared a few things with them. And this is kind of where we got this uh, whole message series because he says in verse 12, I still have so much to tell you, but you can't bear it all now. You're not going to be able to to take it all in, but I have so, so much to tell you. But I'm going to start in verse 5. It says, but now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And, you know, of course, he's speaking to his disciples, these guys that have been with him for quite a while now, and and there's sorrow in their heart. They're sad. And and it's like, you're not going to be with us anymore? Like you're not going to be here, and and Jesus is like, listen, it is to your advantage that I go away. And and I was just thinking about that 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 it's it's our advantage that he went away. Why they probably didn't fully understand it. Now we get to have you know more understanding of it and and know why it was to our advantage, that he went away. But I was just thinking about how he said, to our advantage. Do we understand why it was to our advantage? You know, what is he speaking? And he goes on just a little bit to share a few things, and and there's so many scriptures (laughs) throughout the entire Bible about the Spirit of God. And him speaking, leading, guiding, teaching, doing all these things that, that he is, he is uh, for us. But do we really get it? The advantage we have. It's our advantage. Like he is our, like anybody, whenever you're like playing sports or really in anything, you wanna have an advantage, right? Like, I want to have some, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't know exactly what, you know, but I want to have the advantage over the person that I'm playing basketball against. It doesn't usually happen. But I want to have the advantage, you know, somehow. Like, I want to kick them in the knee, then their knee will hurt, and I've got an advantage. Um, Just kidding. I don't do that, okay? But do we understand the advantage we have? With the Spirit. And in verse 8, it says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And then he goes to explain, Jesus, thus, kind of what this means. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. He's saying, the Holy Spirit will convict. And he will convict of sin because of unbelief, that there is a correlation between unbelief and sin in our life. And the Holy Spirit is here to convict us of our unbelief and and to give us some more understanding of who Jesus is so that hopefully that we will believe in him, that we will trust him, and that we won't live our lives how we maybe have previously lived, that something will change in our life. And he says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and see you no more. He says, of righteousness, because I go to my Father. And I, I don't know about you, again, like when I read sometimes in Scripture and, you know, I don't really feel like Jesus is trying to say something that's in a parable or confusing, but still sometimes it just doesn't doesn't hit like I feel like it's supposed to. And you have to study it and and kind of get the reasoning behind what he's saying. And he's saying, listen, whenever I go to the Father, like this whole sequence of events that's going to happen, me going away from you, me going to the cross, what is going to happen on the cross, and then me seated next to my Father, will show you the righteousness that I have, that I want you to have. That you can see me, the righteousness that I have shown you. And the Holy Spirit will come and bring that to you. And he will help you to understand my righteousness, that it convicts you to live like I live. That it convicts you to, to be in, in, in me and to follow me so that you can try. Now, none of us is righteous, but we are to walk in that and, and to follow him in his righteousness and seek after him every day and seek after righteousness. And he says of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And the Holy Spirit will bring conviction and judgment, all these things that, is going to, that are going to happen the work of the cross, and be seated next to the Father, are going to bring these things. And I know this feels kind of like, you know, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we want to think like, you know, oh, happy thoughts, you know? Like, ooh, it's all, you know, tingles and, and feelies but do we understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in us and for us? That's my question today. Then he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father that that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Jesus gets everything that he has from the Father. The Holy Spirit. Guess what he has from Jesus. Do we understand the advantage that we have with the Holy Spirit? And I think that so many times when we when we follow God, we come to know him, we have this relationship with him, and when we say yes, we have the Spirit of God with us. He's here. And anyone that comes to know him and has this relationship with him, you ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Yes, the Spirit of God is there, but is he there in in fullness? Are we filled with the Spirit? Right? Because we can believe Jesus and have faith in Jesus, but do we have the faith that we need to have? that we should have? Are we full of faith? Because there's scripture that says that we have lacked faith. So do you see what I'm saying here? We, we have to take and seek after him and understand who he is so that we can walk in the fullness of what God has called us to So I want to talk a little bit about different things about the Spirit, what he does, who he is, and hopefully we can understand a little bit more today. He speaks. In Acts 13, 2, it says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. See, the, the Spirit speaks to us. Again, thinking about whenever Jesus was walking there with his disciples, and he's like, I'm not going to be here with you. You're like, oh my gosh, why are you going away? He's like, it's going to be to your advantage because the Spirit's going to be with you. And I think about my kids. I'm with them a lot now, a whole lot. And I try to teach them and guide them and and help to raise them and hopefully to be a good godly man or woman of God and 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 that they will live rightly and but eventually they're not going to be with me all the time because I'm human they're human we can't always be together right I wish I wish my spirit could just be with them all the time right like I want like I wish that could happen but it can't But do we understand the advantage that we have? Because whenever Jesus went to the cross, went to be seated at the right hand of the Father, that he sent his spirit to be with us always. And he speaks. Are we listening? Are we listening to what he's saying? See, relationships... There's a couple of things, I mean lots of things that make good relationships, but talking and listening are a huge thing. You can't really have a relationship with somebody. I can't have a relationship with my wife without talking to her and listening to her. There's not much happening in this relationship. We won't know about each other or anything that's going on in our life if we aren't talking and listening. Are we listening to the Spirit? And it requires an awareness of His presence, that He is there, that He's with us. In Acts 11:12, 12, it says, Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing, Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. The man told him what had happened, and there was an angel and all these different things. But I just love to hear these stories of being so in tune with the Spirit that the Spirit says, Holy Spirit told him, he said, listen, you need to go with these guys. And he went. Are we obeying When he speaks to us. In John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He's a teacher. Are we teachable? And now a couple of our kids are homeschooled. Now, and um, I don't do that all the time, but sometimes I help. And, uh, you know, even, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in public school or private school or whatever, you need to be teachable in order to learn, in order to change. And many times... With myself, I remember when I was a kid, I wasn't super teachable. It was something that I had to grow in and learn. But in order to grow and to understand more, in order to to gain more knowledge and understanding of how we should live and what we should do and how we should do it, we have to be teachable. Teachable. So many times we're like kids that don't want to do their homework. I think about that. I think about my kids and, and like, you know, some of them, not, not all of them, but some of them have really hated homework. And that actually, I think they got it from me because I hated to do homework too. But, you know, you have this work that you do at school and then there's work that you have to do at home. And you're supposed to do all these problems, whether it's math or whatever, but you just don't want to do it. It's like, I already kind of know what you're talking about, but I just don't want to do this homework that you're asking me to do. It's repetitive. It's, it's you know, just going over the same things over and over and over again. And I think about that now with my life and with the Spirit and, and Him being teachable. And am I complaining that he is asking me to do something again? Or am I acting like a kid that doesn't wanna do homework? And so many times I feel like I am acting like that. But God, why do I have to do this again? Why are you asking me again to come and and to do this same thing? Or maybe if it's it's not the same, same thing but a new thing, but God, I just wanted to be here. And he's like, in order to get here, you got to do the homework. In order to get here, you got to take the steps that it takes to learn and to grow. But God, I just wanted to be at this place. He's like, we're going to get there. But you can't skip sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. you got to go through each of those classes. He guides. In Acts 8, 29, it says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. Are we willing to listen to direction? Now, I would love for the Spirit to tell me to run faster than a chariot. Just go overtake this chariot. But that's most likely not going to happen. Well, first of all, I don't know if I've ever seen a chariot. But secondly, most likely it's going to be that he's going to ask me to love my wife better. Most likely he's going to ask me to help somebody that's in need. Most likely he's going to ask me to change something in my life that shouldn't be there. And so many times we were like, yeah, God, I want you to, I mean, tell me to run faster than that car. And he said, but I just want you to get that thing out of your life that you've been dealing with. Can you do that? Are we listening? Are we teachable? Can we take direction? I see I think I'm preaching to myself because this is, you know, if you know me, you know, I'm a little bit stubborn, especially when you tell me to do something. And, you know, what's really funny, kind of, is that my oldest son, Miles, is this way and it's really frustrating. (laughs) If you tell me to do something, I'm probably not going to do it for a while because I don't want you to tell me to do it, you know? It's like... It's like, I was going to do that. Actually, I was going to do that right now, but now I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm, I'm telling secrets about myself and my son. It's funny because we've talked about this. It's like, it's, I don't want to be told what to do. The problem is I don't remember to do it tomorrow, so... Are we listening as he's speaking to us? In Galatians 5.16, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Are we walking with him? And we say, well, what what does that mean? Walking with him? Like Like how do you walk with the spirit? How do you walk with anybody? How how do you walk with your friend or your husband or your wife or your kids? You're together. You're right next to each other. And you're going the same direction. See, it's not walking with somebody if you're going opposite directions. You're walking away from each other. It says walk. Walk in the Spirit. What does that mean? It means to allow him to be with you wherever you go. And Actually, where you go should be where he is leading and guiding you. How do you walk in the Spirit? It's to be with him or to know that he's there, to listen, to allow him to teach, to allow him to guide no matter where you're at or what situation you're in or what time of the day. You know, it's all awesome to say, like, oh, I spent my time in prayer this morning, which we should do. But when we spend our time in prayer, or I went to church on Sunday, great. Too bad you're a jerk the rest of the week. (laughs) Spent time reading my Bible this morning, great. Too bad you just flipped that person off on your way to work. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm here with the Spirit. And then I get in my car, and he's over there. I'm in the, in the car by myself. <laughs> I get to work, and it's not a great situation. Holy Spirit, you better go somewhere else, because I'm not going to act how you want me to act. How do you walk with? You allow him to be in everything. I mean, he's there. It's not like he actually goes away, but we just try to push him down or hide him or say, I'm not going to listen to you at this moment. I'm just going to do what I want to do. So it's allowing him to do what he does, no matter what time of the day or what day it is. We walk with him. You know, it's really cool, uh Julie Rogers actually just shared as we were talking um before church about how that they've been just praying like I think she said every night at like seven o'clock and just taking time and praying the spirit and just spending this time and and she was just like, and I've just been at the grocery store just like singing and 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 just God's just there with me and and talking to me and I'm paraphrasing it's not exact right, but <laughs> But she was just like, it's just, at the grocery store, he's there, and it's amazing. And that happens when we allow him to take precedence in what we do. When we walk with him, when we talk with him, when we allow him to guide and lead us. The decisions that we're making, that they're not just our decisions, but we weigh them with what he wants. Because I want to be in that place. Look, Look, I will tell you, it's so interesting in a very practical, not spiritual way. Do you realize that the music that you listen to comes back in your mind at random times and you just, I mean, maybe you don't sing them, you prob- we probably all do, but you just start singing those things, right? And if you're listening to music that you shouldn't to, like I used to, shh, don't tell anybody, um, you know, like this stuff and it comes back up and you're like, oh, well, I was just listening because the, you know, the beat was good. Whenever it comes back up, the beat doesn't come back up, the words come back up. You know, the stuff that you shouldn't have been listening to comes back up. And when you're listening to worship music or whatever that is focused on God, and all of a sudden you see next, you know, a couple hours later, and you're like, man, that thing just came right back up, and I just noticed I'm singing. Tori actually, sometimes she's like, could you just stop singing? She said, because we're at Walmart. (laughs) It just happens, you know, but it just comes. It just comes back. And that's the same thing with when we're walking with the Spirit and He's just there and our mind goes toward Him, to thinking about Him, thinking about what He wants. Why? Because we were listening to Him before. Because we're allowing Him. It's like turning up the volume. You know, turn the volume up and allow what he is saying to be louder than anything else. And then when you're at the store or in your car and something happens, his voice is going to be loud. Whenever my voice says, they cut you off, so turn and go around them and cut them off and slam on your brakes. Right? I know you. Got, I, to, I don't act like you don't think that. Right? But, but am I going to hear him say, that's not who you are. That's not how you act. You don't do that. Am I going to hear him louder than myself? Hopefully. But we can grieve the spirit. In Ephesians 4.30, it says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So listen. Listen. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He's the one that sealed the deal. So why would I want to grieve him? Why would I want to act in a way that would grieve him? Am I thinking about it that way? Are we? See, and that's the whole point of this message today is are we thinking about not just like, you know. Wow. <sighs> Yeah, he's the Spirit of God and he's with me. Are we understanding who he is and what he does? And are we acting accordingly? It says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speak be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It gives us two sides of the spectrum, anger and kindness, right? And it talks about the Holy Spirit right in between there. What direction are we going to go in those moments? And I told lots of, lots of different stories about different moments when you know like being like i'm not the nicest guy i mean i'm a nice guy don't get me wrong I, I it like i've had to work on responding and allow the holy spirit to temper me i guess is what i'm saying because when somebody will come at you you know it's easy just to respond with that same anger or whatever but I will tell you that the response that you have actually changes the situation. When somebody comes at you and starts yelling at you and you just smile and say, I love you, do you think it's easy for them to continue doing that? It's not. And you know what? If I were to yell at somebody because they were mad and yelling at me, it just does nothing. But when we take and respond with, I love you, you know what, I forgive you, it's okay. You know what, they can even keep yelling, but do you know what, they will go home and be torn up and confused and a mess, and it will do more to them, me saying I love you and I forgive you, than me yelling at them. Why? Because it's not me trying to win the fight, I'm allowing God to be in it. I'm allowing His Spirit to actually sit in this situation and do something that I couldn't do. So, what do we need to do? We need to seek the Spirit of God to, desi- to desire Him. In John 7, 37 says on the last day the great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirst let him come to me and drink he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. When Jesus said this, and look, we take this we're like, oh, seek after him. But he's saying, listen, the spirit that I am giving you is actually the one that's going to bring the living waters. He's He's saying, seek after me, thirst, hunger, thirst, desire to be with me. But when he was actually saying this, he's saying the spirit is the one that is going to be with you and the one that's actually going to give you everything that you need. He's the one that's gonna cause those rivers of living water to flow out of you. Why, see, you know, I just said that things just, you know, those songs pop up in your mind, but this song that just has not, Been sung in like probably 30 years, just popped up on my mind. You guys know what I'm gonna talk about? Do you know? I got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. I don't remember the rest of it, okay. There you go, okay, that's enough. But he was speaking concerning the Spirit, saying, desire to walk with the Spirit, desire to walk with me, desire to talk with me, hunger and thirst, right? In Psalms, it says, to, to pant, like I pant, I, I, I am like parched, so parched, not that I am, but... Each and every day when I wake up, am I getting up saying, I can't get enough of you. I need more, that what it looks like is even if I've been... Allowing you to speak to me, even if I've been allowing you to to guide me and to lead me, even if I've been talking with you nonstop every second of the day, it's actually going to look like I can't live without you. I I can't even make it another second unless I have you here with me. That I got to get some more. Are we desiring him? in that way, because he's more precious than anything, do we realize, do we realize the advantage that we have? See, I think sometimes, like, we we just think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Holy Spirit's, He's with me. That's awesome. That's great. But what does that mean for me? How does that help me? And I think we don't realize who we have with us. Do we realize? And I, I'm not saying you do. I'm not saying that. we like we don't. We don't even understand that God is with us, that His Spirit resides in us. But. So many times our decisions and our actions or our responses to what is happening in the situations around us, they aren't going along with who God is, what he's done for us, that the Spirit's with us. And my desire for myself, my desire for each and every one of us is to walk with him, to talk with him, to allow him to invade, if you will, every single aspect of our lives so that whenever I come to anything that could possibly throw me off, it's not gonna throw me off because those things don't define me. They don't control me because I'm with him. Because the Spirit of God is with me. Am I seeking Him? Not just the things that He does. You know, I talked about miracles and and God moving in people's lives. and, And the Spirit just coming and bringing healing. A couple of different stories. I talked about that earlier, right? And those are things that come from Him, but those aren't Him. And we have to seek after him and who he is, not just those things. Those things that we might think of whenever we think of God, the Holy Spirit, those miracles, those different things, they're amazing. But those things happen from him, they aren't him. And in order for those things to happen more and more in our lives, in our church, in our world, we have to become closer to him so that we can see those things happen in our lives, so that we can see those things happen in our world. And that is my desire. And I know that God is moving more and more and doing greater and greater things, and I want to see the Holy Spirit move in a powerful way, but I don't want to get it out of order. I want to know him before I seek or ask for things that he can do. Because you know what? I want my kids to seek after me, not the things that I can give them, just in a practical way think about that. There's sometimes my kids are like, Dad, can we do this? Can you buy me this? Can you do this and that and that? And you know, what I, you know what I say? I say, I'm not raising entitled little people. Sometimes I'll withhold things because they're getting entitled. I want you to know me And yes, all these things will come because I'm your Father. I will bless you, if you will. I I will give you these things. I will help you. I will protect you. I will do all these things. But I want you to know me, not just the things that I do. I want you to love me, not just the things that I do. And when you love me, then those things happen. Those things are just there. You don't even have to ask for them because you're just there together. And that's what I want from the Holy Spirit for us to know him in a way that it doesn't even need to be asked. It just happens because we're walking with him and allowing him to be a part of our lives on the everyday and not just at church on Sunday. that we are changed, that we hear Him in everything that we do. Amen? Would you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.